This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. This is our anchor scripture. We're going to continue the teaching on the purpose of the family. So we've been talking these past uh, several weeks about the purpose of the family. And my portion is going to be producing a godly seed. So if you want to subtitle it, producing a godly seed. And, you know, forgive me, I'm just going to try and, 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 and teach this as simply um, and, and as bare bones as possible. I'm not going to make any assumptions that you all know um, this material. Because if you knew this material, then all your families would be in this church right now. If you were making an application of it. And so, again, we need to rehearse these things over and over in our own hearts and in our lives so that they become true, not only in our motivations, but they become true in our actions and that, be, they, be, that they are a, a true witness to all those that see it, to all those that see it, especially those in our own homes. And we're going we're gonna to dig into some of those concepts as we go into this teaching, but it's important that that our witness is, first of all, true for ourselves, that we are internally consistent, that our actions are consistent, that our motivations are consistent, our actions are consistent, and that is clearly seen. You know, there's some things that, that other people are going to see in your life that your own family won't see. They'll, they'll catch it later on. They'll catch, they still look at you as Uncle Bubba or Junior, right? You're 50 years old. They're still calling you Junior. There are things that you need to show to other people that your family will pick up on later on. And so you have to be consistent in your witness, both externally so that you can be consistent internally. There's nothing like somebody that, 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 uh, that only can show love to the people that are in their own home, but they have no regard for anybody else. What, is that, what does that tell your children about who you really value and who you really, where, you, where your treasure really is? So let's go to our anchor scriptures. Genesis chapter 12. And this is... The Lord is talking to Abram. Verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show you. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen. And what we wanted to hone in there is that, is that God said that it, it, in thee, all of the families of the earth will be out of your witness, out of the way that you conduct your life, out of the commandments that I give you and that you will walk out, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Abraham is called the father of faith because he believed God. He trusted in God and he ordered himself accordingly and he directed his children after that. We said in his teaching that God has a purpose. He has an intended position for the family. The call of the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. And it says that the call, so there is a calling on the family. That some of us believe that we can go through life as, as uh, anonymous or, you know, we are just attending, we're just present. No, you need to be present and participative. 
This is something that, that calls for your involvement. You can't just show up and sit in the back and hope that nobody sees you. And hope that your name doesn't get called on. God is calling on you. He is calling on your family. You can't stay hidden in this. God has an agenda. He has a, he has a purpose in mind. He has a desire. He has a longing in mind. And guess what? You're a part of it. You are a part of it. You need to be a part. You need to be purposeful and intentional about being a part of it. There's no, there's no, well, you know, my, my, my big sister or my big brother or my, my, my smarter brother or my smarter sister or my, my, my parents or my grandparents. They're the ones that have the legacy. No, you have a part in what God is calling to be done in the earth at this time, especially, especially as we are wall builders. Every one of us. God has a purpose in mind for every single one of us. Amen. He has a, a call that's on the family to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. In the family, the husband and the wife must make God's purpose their business and chase it diligently. They need to make it their, their vocation, the thing that, that, that they live for. The thing that they busy themselves with, not, not being distracted with the cares of this world, but, but chasing God's purpose diligently. Both parents and all the children must be fruitful. They must seek God's purpose and, pers and persistently live every moment of their lives with this purpose in mind. You know, with God, without God's purpose, without God's purpose, every other role in your life is empty. Without God's purpose, every other role in your life is empty. A citizen of this country, without God's purpose, that's empty. A worker for your company, without God's purpose, that's empty. We're not trying to raise workers. We're trying to raise worshipers. Owners of capital, big business people, without God's purpose, that is completely empty. Being a son, being a good son. Being a good daughter, being a good husband, being a good wife. You know what? Without God's purpose, that's empty. You can't say, well, I pay the bills. I come to home every night. But you don't, you don't wash your family. You don't wash your spouse in the word of God. You don't command your children to follow after God's ways. You don't say, I, I cook dinner. I, I do things and make sure that the house is kept up. But you're not a submissive wife. You're not diligent to apply the word of God into your own life. Rising up early to make sure that your children have bread to eat. And that bread has to come from heaven first. You have to have treasure already stored up in your heart to give out to those children when they're going off to school. And their classmates are talking about all kinds of evil things. And all kinds of temptations are facing them. And people are trying to influence them. Mothers, you've got to rise up early and have treasure already, bread already stored up in your heart. To be able to tell that child, you know what? God loves you. God loves you. You're valuable to me. You're precious to me. Look, I made sure you had this available to eat because I want you to have some bread today. Maybe you didn't pray yourself, baby, but I prayed for you. Maybe you didn't think to, to take care of yourself, but baby, I thought that these things for you. And I wanted to make sure that they were at hand and available. There's nothing like children that come home and they see an empty refrigerator. And mom's been home all day watching stories. What's up with that? 
Get up early. Make provision. You know what? I know y'all, y'all are modern women. Y'all are working women. But guess what? Your refrigerators are still empty. Your spiritual refrigerators are still empty. Your children, they're coming home and there's nothing there to eat on. It's nothing. There's junk food. That's all that there is. God has an intended design. He has an intended desire. We've got to be about it. We have to be diligent about it. We can't sleep on it. We can't be lazy about it. We can't become confused about it. But we have to be purposeful. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. It's in God's purpose that we live. It's in Him that we have our being. Acts 17, verse 28. And it says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. We are his offspring. He has provided so much for us. He has made his word available to us because we are his offspring. And it is in him that we are made alive. You know, the earlier lessons we taught that the purpose of the family is to reflect the image of God. And that his image was his, his, his holiness. It's righteousness, it's peace, it's joy, it's love, and all these other God-like qualities. We said that His image has to have a higher priority. It has to have a greater value in our lives than our own intelligence, what we think we know, than our own desires, right? Those things that we think that we want, that we lust after, and even our own devices, our own schemes, and our own tricks, the way that we try to manipulate others to get our own way. God's purpose has to have higher value, higher priority than any of those things in our lives. He has to be first. God has designed man with a, a need, even a, a craving for positive, loving, and godly familiar relationships. He's put that in us. So often I see people that, that, that have gone away from the church. I see people, I see preachers that, that find themselves becoming salesmen. I see, I see, I see ministers that, that should have been ministers that are opening up clubs and drawing a father unto themselves. They, they can't stay out of the club. They can't stay out of the crowds. Why? Because they have that need to be connected, to be locked in with a broader community. But they, they, they never, they never were, were taught or they never sought to go after God's design for that. They surround themselves with drinking buddies instead of people that could sharpen them as iron sharpens iron. They become dull weapons, blunted and chipped, useful for nothing. If you have a sword, if you have a kitchen knife, let's just make it real. If you have a kitchen knife and that knife and you go to cut and it won't cut anything with it, and it's all nicked up and scarred, guess what? That knife is useful for nothing. That's now scrap metal. But we're supposed to be iron, sharpening iron, rubbing each other, rubbing each other against the grain, against, against so it irritates your brother, so it, it pushes him and provokes him to do what God's will is. So that he can be sharp and able to quickly discern, no, this is the will of God and this is not. This is from the flesh and this is from the spirit. You know what? That's foolishness you're talking about right now. God has a greater design in mind. He has a greater purpose in mind. 
That's what happens when iron sharpens iron. You can distinguish. You can distinguish the noise from the wisdom. So God has designed us with that need, that craving. And he's also given us the means to have it. God's purpose, his intention was that families would be in place to direct their children to follow after God. We also taught that the purpose of the family is to operate government for God. It says, God made man in his image so that we can have dominion and rule over the earth with him. God gave us the ability to rule over the earth. And we've perverted that. We want to rule over other men. We want to rule over other people. We want to have dominion over other people. But guess what? God wanted us to first have dominion over ourselves. And Brother Hill, so, 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 so eloquently, he, he broke it out. He talked about all of the lust of the flesh. All those devices that we have and every, every single excuse that we try to give God while we can't accomplish his will. He began to talk about all of the designs of man's hearts. And, and he began to break it out in terms of, you know what, it's not just the, the overt act of murder. It's not just the overt act of adultery. But it's the motive that's behind that. It's the intention that's behind that. It's, it's, the, it's the pattern that you set yourself up. You, you put yourself in that, in, that, in, that, in that eyes. You put that thing in front of your eyes. And then you place yourself out of position. When you should have been in your own home, you were at somebody else's doorstep. When you should have been washing your own wife with the word, you say, hey, sister, I got a word for you from God. You should have been washing your own children with the word. You were out there trying to coach up other people's children, trying to scout up other people's children. When you should have been applying those, those, that, that time and that energy into your own home. Have dominion over yourself. And then you can have dominion over the world around you. The qualities that need to be developed by a believing family, they include love. Placing a high value on life, self-esteem, security. No child should be afraid in their own home. No child should be afraid in their own home because of unpredictable, unreliable, intemperate parents that can't keep. In, what I'm saying, I said it's going to be simple. Intemperate means you can't keep your anger in control. You can't keep your emotions in check. They don't know who you are today. You going off today, you're going to be nice to us today. Which, which daddy is coming home from work today? The daddy that got the raise or the daddy that got reprimanded at work? Which, which one is coming home today? Your home needs to be a place of security. It needs to be, you need to be raising moral children. They need to have a high value on peace. Seeking after it. Justice. This is what is right. Mercy. You know what? I've been wrong, but I can extend mercy. Liberty. They shouldn't feel bound by anything. They shouldn't feel chained by anything. No man's opinion. No woman's opinion. No, no, they shouldn't feel chained by anything. Self-denial for the good of others, which is sacrifice. I'm willing to give up today so that I can have for tomorrow. And patience. You know what? I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on working because I know that there's an expected end. I know that God has an expected end. And my faith and my trust is in Him. Most important to family is to teach the practical knowledge of God. They are to teach how to apply His Word in everyday life. How to apply His Word in everyday life. 
So that every situation that they look at, they can say, you know what? I see God's design and God's purpose in this. I'm not going to get caught up in foolishness because God is not even in that. I'm not going to be distracted and turned away because God is not in that. But I see God's design and God's purpose. The objective of this lesson, and I'm right on time. The objective of this lesson is to declare and demonstrate that the purpose through Scripture, that the purpose for the family is to produce and raise a godly seed. You know, God gave the commandment to Adam. He said to be fruitful and multiply. Being fruitful and multiply. That, that, that involves more than just a quantity of seed. It, it, it involves more than just a quantity of offspring. Right? God didn't put us here to just to be breeders. Right? Spilling our seed all over the countryside. No. To produce and raise a godly seed. The commandment given to Abram, Adam. You know, so one of the things that I wanted you all to understand about producing after his kind is that there's a, there's a difference between an ox and a mule. There's a difference between an ox and a mule. I said, Brother Abraham, what are you talking about? We're not an agrarian society. Well, look, an ox is able to bear great burdens, and so is a mule. You can hitch them up and you can get more work done with them than you could without them. They're both, they're both animals of great capacity. And too often we focus our children, their lives, we say, you know what, you need to improve your capacity. You need to improve your ability to do, your ability to earn, your ability to influence, your ability to create. You need to improve your capacity. Both an ox and a mule, they're animals of great capacity, of great capacity. But the mule is sterile. It's not able to reproduce after its kind. The mule is there. It's not able to reproduce after its kind. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 22. Talking about what, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? The ox and the mule. Deuteronomy 22. And these are, these are some laws that, that talk about being separate, being sanctified, being set apart for a purpose. And there are various illustrations. But the one I wanted to point out, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 10, it says, Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. What are you raising in your house? What's in your house? Are you raising an ox? That's what you should be raising. It talks about separation. God's desires that parents, that they would concentrate on building character and a godly spirit in their children. He wants his people to, to leave a godly seed in this world so that there will be a godly deposit for generations to come. The ultimate purpose of God's family is to be a blessing to all the other families in the earth. Your family needs to be, people need to be able to see your family. And it needs to be a witness to God's love. To his generosity, to his call, to order. They need to see the order in your family. And say, you know what, that, my life is in chaos. What's, what is different about this family that's not in my life? His purposes for the family brings life to others and it glorifies Him. 
So the word of God and godly counsel, it needs to be, just to, just to net it out, the word of God and godly counsel, it needs to be a trumpet in your home. The word of God and godly counsel, it needs to be a trumpet in your home. We're going to talk about that. What does that mean? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians chapter 14. We're just going to read verse starting with verse 8. It says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye accept ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, hallowed to be known what is spoken. For ye shall speak into the air. Parents, too many times we're speaking to the air. We're trying to give counsel. We're trying to give give words to our children, but we're speaking to the air. Why is that? Because we're not speaking clearly. We're not speaking consistently. We're saying one thing and doing something else. We're trying to instruct our children in the ways of righteousness, and they need to repent. We're trying to instruct our children on, on, on having a godly form, but there's no substance in their lives. There's no change that's been evidenced in their lives. Our, the, the voice, the word of God and godly counsel, it needs to be as a trumpet in our homes. You know, the trumpet sound, this used to bring in people, it used to gather in people. When a trumpet is sounded, the people, they take notice. They take heed. They pay attention. You say, why, why am I being ignored in my own home? Because you're not sounding the trumpet. You're not, there's, there's, no, there's no godly counsel that's coming from you. That's why you're not being paid attention to. When the trumpet sounds, the city is forewarned. When the trumpet sounds, the city is forewarned. They understand that tests and trials are going to come. They understand that tribulations are going to come. They understand that this season is here, but it will pass. And when the city is forewarned, the city is safe. Why? Because they prepare themselves. They gird themselves. They put on their armor. They're on the lookout. They see. They see through the lies and the deceptions of the evil one. And they're ready. The trumpet sound, it's, it's, it's a simple sound. It's not complicated. It's easily understood. It's something that can, the gospel, it can be broken down so that even a child can be instructed. But you know what? It also gives light into the wise. If you look at, at, at the beginning of Scripture, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know what? That's something that any child can understand. But you know what? When you think about it, as an adult, in the beginning, man, that should, that should cause your heart to burn. God. That should cause your heart to burn as well. Created. Created out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Out of nothing. He didn't need your approval. He didn't need your endorsement. Created. You know what? I don't need, I don't need man's approval. I don't need their endorsement. I don't need some guru to tell me 
how to be what I need to be in life. I don't need somebody that has some, some kind of extra wisdom to tell me who God made me to be. It's found in His Word. You know, the trumpet sound is, 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 is simple, but you know what? It, gives, it even gives light into the wise when you make application into your heart. The trumpet is distinct. It stands out from other sounds. It's not confused with self-help and psychology. It's not confused with capitalistic structures and means and methods. It's not confused even with socialistic structures. Right? The trumpet sound, the gospel, the word of God, it's distinct. It stands out. It stands apart. It stands alone. You know, counterfeits, they can't hold up under close scrutiny. Other man, man's, man's doctrines, man's confessions, right? Their, their, their prayers to, to Jabaz and others, they don't, they don't stand up under close examination. Their everyday being Friday in and everything else, it doesn't stand up. Their instincts, it doesn't stand up to close examination, to close scrutiny. You know why? Because the Word of God, it can't be counterfeited. It cannot be counterfeited. You can't, you can't pass off the fake and say it's real. You can't pass off the fake and say that it's real. You know what? The trumpet sound is far-reaching. This is what I was talking about earlier. It's, 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 it's far-reaching. You know, when that trumpet sounds, when we have the, trumpet, when we have the trumpets on stage... You know, we have them in the microphones, but we don't always need the microphones to be on for you all to hear those trumpets. That trumpet sound is far-reaching. It, it penetrates. It's not confined. It is not constricted. You know what? The trumpet sound is not limited to your race. It's not limited to your cultural background. It's not limited to your socioeconomic experience. No, it reaches to all the corners. It reaches to all the corners. It is a sign of glad tidings to the righteous, and it's an omen to evildoers. It's an omen to evildoers. You know, the trumpet sound, let's just stay here for a second, is that we said before that sometimes you're going to have to preach the gospel and live the gospel so that other people can see it, just so that your family can see it. Because they won't, they won't be able to recognize it in you. Because they're too burdened by their own baggage and by their own conceptions. You're going to have to spread this word. When I look at this church and I look at the congregation here, I'm saying, you know what, we need to spread this word. Beyond our families, beyond our ethnicity, beyond our socioeconomic status. You're going to have to talk to somebody that, that you think should be your boss. You're going to have to actually share this gospel with someone that you think might be able to get you fired. You know what? You're going to have to share this gospel with someone that actually just needs a sandwich. You're going to have to give them a sandwich and the word. Here's some food, and guess what? Here's some more food. 
You're going to have to share this gospel with people that have a different accent than you. Right? People that come from a different experience. You know what? Everybody from foreign countries is not Muslim. There are people in India that are not Buddhists. Guess what? They're not Hindu. They're Christians in India that believe the gospel. You need to share the gospel with people that you would not have thought to share it with before. You know what? Maybe they had their star of David up in their office. Maybe they had their, their, their garb on. But guess what? That could have just been where they were raised. That could have just been where they came from. Now they need to hear some truth. You see them with their vegetable plates because they don't eat meat. And you're like, you know what? I understand that you don't eat meat. I'm not eating meat right now either. But let, let's, let's, let's swap some recipes. But let me also swap something else with you. Let me share something else with you. God has a purpose and He has a design. And it's not confined. It's not restricted to just the four walls in your home. It's not restricted to just your ethnicity and your homeboys. You're going to have to give it up. You're going to have to give up your life for the sake of the gospel. That's how the trumpet sound will be clear. And you're, you're going to have to give up your life. Go to Mark chapter 8. I said I wasn't going to yell. Mark chapter 8. This is Jesus. He's talking again, you know, about separation. It's amazing how much of this Bible is, 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 is concerning righteousness and sanctification. It almost makes you think that God wanted us to learn this. Why does he keep repeating it? Why, why, why haven't we applied it to our lives yet? Why haven't we applied it to our, to our families yet? This is Jesus. He's saying that in verse 35, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen. What's it going to profit you? To speak all manner of mysteries. To have all manner of miracles manifested in your life. And you lose your family. And you lose your family. And your grandchildren are heathen. Your grandchildren are those that don't even know who God is. Because you confuse the issue. You confuse the matter with a sign and a form, but there was no substance. You didn't sound the trumpet in your home. The trumpet sound is foreshadowing. It lets you know this is, this is what's about to come. You know what? The sound of the trumpet is not the actual thing, but it's saying this is something is about to happen. This is about to come. Get ready. Be prepared. But after the sound, there's always a demonstration of strength. You know what? The, the trumpet sound, God's word, it's faithful. It's faithful. You can trust 
that when the go that, that when the word goes forth, that there will be a demonstration of strength. There will be a demonstration of power. Scripture gives us various examples of the trumpets. One is the example of the trumpet and it's sounding in war. And I'm just going to read this for you. It's in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 18. You can write it down. This is when they were building a wall and they faced much opposition. Wall builders face opposition. Get, get used to it. Wall builders face opposition. You know what happened then? As a sign for us today, wall builders face, you should expect opposition. And as they're building a wall, Nehemiah chapter 4 says, For the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side, and so build it. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. This is Nehemiah speaking. He's saying that the, the, the one that was sounding the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, he made it known. He, he published it so everyone would understand. They would all be on the same page. This work is great and large. And we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place thereof ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither to us. When you hear the trumpet, come to us. It says, Our God shall fight for us. You know, Scripture talks about the sound of the trumpet in our celebrations. In Numbers chapter 10, verse 10, the, the trumpet sounds in our celebrations. It says, also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in the beginnings of your months, ye shall blow the trumpet over your burnt offerings and over your sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. He's saying when you, when you, when you, when, in your gladness and your celebrations, blow the trumpet. Give glory to God. Don't say, this, this I've done by my own hands. You know what the doctors brought forth the deliverance? Give glory to God. Give glory to God. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 3, it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and with the heart. Scripture also talks about the trumpet, the sounding of the trumpet in worship. And when you hear the trumpet in worship, just know, we said the trumpet, it precedes something. The trumpet sound in worship, it precedes repentance. When the Word of God goes forth in worship, it should draw you, it should bring to you a remembrance, it should draw you into repentance. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Make preparations, the day of the Lord, it's coming, it's close. It's, clo it's closer than when you first believed. Put away your distractions. Put away your toys. Get ready. Get your garments ready. Clothed in righteousness. The day of the Lord is coming and it's close at hand. 
Verse 15 of Joel chapter 2, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Get ready. Get ready to change. Get ready to change. Not temporarily, but permanently change. You know, the book of Leviticus, it talks about the feast that happened in the fall time. I don't know. We don't have... Is that... That doesn't happen in this area of the country. But in some areas, this is actually entering into the fall season. And there are three feasts that, are, that occurred in the month of Tishri. And the first one was called the Feast of Trumpets. And it called for repentance. And then it was the Day of Atonement. And that sought redemption, which is a covering for sins. And then there was a Feast of Tabernacles. And that was a pilgrimage feast where people would come in from all around. And they remembered the redemption and the fulfillment of God's promise when he delivered his people from Egypt. The Feast of Trumpets, or Rosh Hashanah, it signaled a call for repentance. When, that trump, when those trumpets blew, a gathering was announced. And it was treated as a holy convocation. Go to Leviticus chapter 23. We're just trying to keep it simple. The sound of a trumpet. The word of God and godly counsel. It needs to be a trumpet in your household. Genesis 23. Verse 23. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, ye shall have a Sabbath. A memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. And ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. When it says a holy convocation, this is a holy event. And when people are summoned from all around, they're invited. People from all around. People that are that are the, the, the people that believe, the people that trusted, they're brought in from all around. Said, so, do you believe in God? I put a post on my on my on my pages. I said, Who's on the Lord's side? That's the sound of the trumpet. Who's on the Lord's side? If you're on the Lord's side, come in, gather in, gather in, gather in, gather in to hear the word of the Lord. You know, this gathering marks the end of one period and the beginning of another period. Some of you all ought to be tired of where you've been. You ought to have been tired of where you've been walking in all this time. You ought to be ready to move into what God has for you. You ought to be ready to move into the thing that God has for you, this next thing that he has for you. You ought to be tired of, of wrestling with your flesh, trying to, trying to control your flesh. Kill your flesh. Kill your flesh. Move into what God has for you in this season. You know, at the end, the trumpet is the trumpet's going to be with us even at the end. Even at the end, marking that change, that transition. You know, at the end, at the last trumpet sound, it's going to herald the return of the Lord in glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, it says, In a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, 
and we shall be changed. Guess what? We shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. Amen. Some to live in eternity with the King of Kings and some to eternal damnation. But the trumpet's going to sound and we all are going to be changed. We're all going to be changed. You know, you put yourself at risk. You put your family at risk when you ignore the sound of the trumpet. When you've hardened your heart to the sound of the, to godly counsel and the word of God, you put yourself at risk and your family at risk when you ignore the sound of the trumpet. Go to Amos. I'll just read it. I know y'all take too long to find it. Amos chapter 3 verse 6. Write it in your notes. It says, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city? And the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord have not done it? Surely the Lord will do no thing. But he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The prophets speak forth the word of God. They're the ones that declare the godly counsel. They're the ones that declare God's standard. For you to ignore it, it brings danger to yourself. You do it at your own risk play at your own risk. You're doing it at your own risk. Our children, they have to be taught the value. The value. How precious. How precious. How preeminent God's counsel and His purpose is in their lives. They need to understand the trumpet. They need to understand how to heed to warnings. How to heed to the warning. Otherwise, they're going to look to argue they're going to want to debate when they should be making preparations. They're going to want to bring up comparisons in your past history and all the things that they've seen before. It's not relevant what issues you have against your parents. They didn't stay married. You know what? That's, that's for your salvation. That's not even relevant. That's not your excuse that you can hang on. They couldn't send you to that private school, to that special academy, and now you're in the place where you are now. Guess what? That's not relevant to your salvation, to God's purpose and His plan for your life. Those things that you want to blame your parents for, you want to put the blame on them? Look, the trumpet is sounding. It's not sounding. It's sounding for you. The trumpet sound is for you. It's not sounding for you to put it on somebody else. Repentance begins first with you. If you confess your own sins. And then you confess the sins of the nation, asking God's mercy that they can see it and come to Him. The trumpet is sounding for you. Time's up for arguing and for debating. That's why with little children, we tell them something. New parents, God bless them, they tell, they tell it to them five, six times. You know what? Parents get wise after a while. They get tired after a while. They become fearful after a while. They say, you know what? I'm going to tell you one time. I'm going to tell you one time. And guess what? That's the sound of the trumpet. Because it's a shot, it's a forewarning. I'm going to tell you one time, and after that one time, strength will come. Just that's it. 
Gosh, you just have to tell you once. You need to hear it twice. But he needs to speak it just once. You're like, you know what? I heard you twice. I heard you first in my intentions and in my motives, in my inward corrections. And Lord, I also heard you in my actions and what I'm going to put my hands to. But he just needs to speak it one time. You know what? Teaching needs to become the desire. Teaching is needed because the desires of the flesh, they're contrary to the purposes of God. We have to teach our children to listen to the sound of the trumpet, to take heed to the sound of the trumpet. Because this world system is contrary to God's purpose and His plan. They'll tell your children that they're succeeding when they're really failing. They'll tell them that they're ahead when they're really behind. They'll say that they're winning when they're really losing. We have to teach our children about this trumpet sound. Because our children, they're going to rest, they're going to waste their most precious commodity, which is their time. They're going to waste their time. They're going to waste their life trying to figure it out on their own, becoming entangled with dead works instead of moving forward with God's purpose for this community. The Word of God, it needs to be a trumpet in your homes. Amen? Amen. You can be dismissed. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.